Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation, a show where I interrupt Brianna Wu in the middle of <laughs> a, probably complimenting me. I bet that was going to be a compliment. I was going to say, say that it. you were a terrible person, Simone. That's what I was going to say. And you interrupted me. Thank so, you. Well, oh, yes. my God. It really means a lot. <laughs> To hear that from you, I know we've known each other a long time, and I I look up to you in this industry, and to hear you tell me that I am a terrible person. You're a monster. Like, and I, I know yeah. you are an honest person. I trust you. You're my friend as well as my podcast co-host. And when yes. you say I'm a terrible person, that makes me feel so good. I could be exaggerating <laughs> that just a little. So, yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, it makes me feel okay. 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 <laughs> we missed you last week. Do you know how many I tweets know. What I happened? got? What happened without me? Was Glenn? Okay? I mean, Glenn, Glenn. No, Glenn was fantastic, but he's just—he's not you. Yeah. Like Glenn is great. Thank yeah. you so much, Glenn Fleischman, for being on we our show. You. But like, you're not. Simone. There's just something about you. Right? Did he do my laugh correctly? No, no. no. And my ad reads okay. sucked. In fact, I only read one of our ads last week when I was supposed to read two. And, you know, I was telling Stephen, I'm like, just save it for Simone to get back. Like, it will be better for the sponsor. <laughs> so I got so <laughs> many comments about, like, Brianna, your ad read, it's just, it's not as good as Simone. So, yeah, we we can't hold a candle to you. Yeah, my terribleness really shines through, I think. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Rocket, brought to you by Smile. <laughs> I'm Simone DeRoche, for video producer at Polygon.com. I am joined tonight, of course, by Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo, and Brianna Wu, Democratic representative for Congress. Uh, candidate for Congress. And I'm not a representative can- yet, but I hope wow. so. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, that I was, think that I've was... been saying representative this entire time, so I'm shocked. No, no, that no, 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 no. You've been saying Democratic nominee or, or candidate. I think you've usually been yeah, saying the right yeah. thing. No, I, I just opened up my uh, my notes document, and it says in capital letters, democratize representative for Congress. So I'm right above senior writer at Gizmodo, so I'm pretty sure that I've been uh, messing that up. Listeners, okay. please tweet in and let me know. <laughs> If I'm terrible. <laughs> You're the best. Do we have actually a special shout out this this week to someone who is actually the best? And that's Michael Lee on Twitter, who A, bought Rocket Shirt and is wearing it and looks great. And B, is doing exams right now. And it's hard. And we're really proud of you. So, we're so yeah. proud. keep freaking going. Fight through those exams. Do not let them get you. I know it sucks. Stay weird, bit man. Stay yeah. weird. No, we. It's so hard, but we're so proud of you, and and you're gonna kill it. And we're like, thank you for and listening to our show. And he's a CS major too, so context con- contextualize that. That's hard. He's not just a CS yeah, major. His classes are some of the hardest CS classes that exist. Yeah. And I'm like, holy god. No, for yeah. what you're saying, so yeah. his load, his his load is insane. And Michael, you are a hero. I could not do that. You are seriously. Hardcore. Thank you for for listening to our show. Um, we hope that our shirt brings you luck. You're gonna you're gonna do great. Mm-hmm. And thanks for thanks for thanks for yeah. being you. Yeah. Don't make it weird on that exam though, buddy. <laughs> Keep it normal. Maybe on the extra credit. Keep it super normal. Make it weird on the extra credit. Yeah, on the extra credit, make it weird. Make 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 make, make a Simone de Roche for. Yeah, they love to uh, in CS classes. They love to let you doodle really for extra credit assignments. They just ask you to submit your best drawing that you could possibly do uh, with Crayon, Crayola Crayon specifically. That's the brand that's approved by most CS uh, programs. Um, so I'm sure that he will make a beautiful drawing in crayon and submit it and get like 100% extra credit. So don't fact check yeah, that. Yeah, keep it weird, Nobody buddy. At home fact also, check oh, that statement, please. Uh, and, and, and and um and, and and Simone, what what was the name that, that people came up? Uh, what was the anagram people came up with for 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 you using all the letters <laughs> in your name? It was something like extreme gay. <laughs> so like that. Anyway, I mean, force. I feel like that. Nerdiest homo force. Oh, nerdiest, Ner- nerdiest homo force. Nerdiest homo force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say to Michael, I would say to Michael Lee, use that on your final on one of your exams. However, I am afraid that that might not that might have a negative thing. I don't know. Um, the problem but, with but, nerdiest but, homo force is it really has to be used in the correct context. <laughs> I was gonna say, but maybe maybe maybe, maybe just t- maybe just write an NHF forever someplace. 
Uh, and uh, anyway, we're thinking about you, Michael. Congrats uh, on on all your hard work, and uh, thanks for being a listener. So, what's the also, correct oh my context God. for nerdiest homo force? I mean, when do you uh, just draw your next round like, of T-shirts? Okay, okay. I mean, I guess if you are making <laughs> films, that would be a good title, probably. Um, I just, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the context for that. The jacket for my next book. <laughs> <laughs> No, a shared world like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but with gays. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Teenage Adventist <laughs> yeah, and then Nerdy. Okay, but wait, wait a minute. I was going to say, isn't the Marvel Universe Cinematic Universe pretty gay? I mean, the subtext is all there. Less gay than I would like. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I agree. I, I, no, you're, you're I mean, completely we all, right. But and, we all do know that Steve and Bucky were kissing. <laughs> of course. There's been, I'm just saying there's been a lot of gay happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even if they won't make it canon. I think it's like Doesn't a... Doesn't that kind like of a, mean that there's no gay? Yeah. It's like a 50s movie yeah. where there's a lot of homoerotic context because like the people doing it are so repressed. So, like, Captain America, he is mega gay, right? Like, just ultra <sighs> gay. And, you know, I just want them to make that movie. I would watch that movie. I'm already thinking about that movie constantly. So this ep- <laughs> this week on Rocket, uh, <laughs> we are not just talking about the gay superheroes. We're also <laughs> talking about the terrible violations of your privacy by the apps that you give your information to. <sighs> and the first one of those is Unroll.me. Yay. <laughs> Clap round of applause. So this is an app that basically is it's an uncluttering of your email inbox app. It links into your Gmail and it helps you unsubscribe from the 10,000s of newsletters that you subscribe to because you wanted a coupon to buy furniture. You made a mistake and now you have your inbox is just full of this crap. Anyway, this company is owned by an analytics service called Slice Intelligence, which sold information to Uber basically regarding um, customers lift spending it was anonymized data but basically uber was using it to get the deets on how lyft was doing in business i am so unsurprised by Mm -hmm. this garbage i'm unsurprised but i'm also very impressed with the hand-wringing of the company like Oh, they are they so did, sad and so oh, sorry. Oh, they're so sad. They're 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 besides themselves with grief. How we're 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 just so they're upset by this. And then they're there was uh they're heart thank you. They're heartbroken. That that we're so heartbroken that you read our terms of service and realized that even though we haven't explicitly told you or made it clear that our business model was to sell your data, we're so sorry that you realize that that's been our model this whole time, uh, which I think has kind of been the whole issue. Um, there originally the model seemed to be like from based on reading you know TechCrunch. Uh, reports and other sites that were kind of you know promoting this service um and and this is the the place where i kind of have to ding my fellow tech journalists a little bit is that people wrote about this startup without ever kind of looking into well how are they making money and and so on the one hand some of the defenders of the company are saying well how would you expect them to make money off of a free service if they're not selling your data which valid question the thing is though is that they really went out of their way to hide that information um, in their pitch to consumers, and then the the you know the tech journalists, frankly, we did a pretty good job of carrying water for them and being like, oh, check out this great thing that you can use that'll help you unsubscribe from stuff. So you know they write this blog post about how they're heartbroken by the criticism and we're going to try to do better. And then my my favorite was that the the co founder uh, who is no longer yes. with the company um, who is who's an executive coach now and and as as I, th- I think I was the first one to discover her terrible media oh, post it was so, so bad I, it I was take so some, bad oh. I, I, so so I take some credit for 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 the for the Twitter outrage that happened as opposed to her her terrible post um and I'm, I'm a little proud I won't even lie I'm a little proud you should be um, yeah she then goes she goes into complete like just like doubles down on on a bad take like i jokingly when when this news broke i tweeted i was like who's going to write the actually unroll me is good take and and this person did it is this the medium post from perry chase by the way yes this is the medium post from perry chase the the the, the, the co-founder who's no longer with the company gotcha who was just so upset that her her co-founder her sweet co-founder jojo how dare he be attacked and anybody question his his um, credibility and, and his integrity and and the whole industry is gross and how dare you um, you know uh, sing, single him out 
and 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 basically putting the blame on anybody who ever used the service for not reading the terms of service. And then what's funny is that in Twitter conversations, and I think on some of the the medium posts, people are like, "Hey, when you went out, you were like, hey, we're going to sell contextual advertisements, you know, on our start page, and what happened to that?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, that was the plan, and then we sold a slice intelligence, and they are evil, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is not an excuse." No, she's like, I'm, just trying, she's was, like was, "I'm just trying." She's like, "I'm just trying anything." I mean, it was she's basically just, I'm a, a leave a leave JoJo alone. Like he's yes, a human. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. All this oh my was. god, it was. That's a, leave but, Brittany alone. So here's uh, how I feel about that. I mean, I I think on the one hand, no, she she does not have a point. But it is a fact that like this is not the this is a drop in the bucket. Like we're singling them out because they did the bad thing today. But I hope if anything, like this is a wake up call that. It's everybody. Yay. Like this is this is going to happen again and again until we kind of decide whether we prioritize convenience or um or privacy, privacy basically. Oh, no, well, you're you're completely yeah. right. I I do don't leave Jojo it. alone, but like she has a, a mild fraction of a point that, you know, so can we take a second and like zoom back a little bit? Cause like we kind of got into the meat of this topic, but the, the way that all of this happened is the New York times wrote an utterly brilliant piece uh, for their Sunday paper, which is a really big one, uh, basically profiling Uber and, you know, their CEOs, extremely aggressive tactics. Um, and the way they kind of got um, you know, dragged into all of this is, uh, you know, the the piece starts with talking about a meeting that Uber had uh, with Apple, where Tim Cook basically summoned Uber to his office. And he's like, well, we found out that you've been doing some pretty uh, shady things with our app. And, um, you know, we can kind of get into the the technical details here. But the, the piece was originally written in a way that made it sound like Uber had found a way to track you even after you had deleted the app. Uh, this really set the tech world ablaze. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah. How can that's, <laughs> if that's true, that is a, like, with what we know about Apple sandboxing, that would be amazing if they pulled that off. I'd almost respect it. But that would be a huge breach of, like, Apple's uh, security of the entire right. iOS ecosystem. And, you know, Mike, the journalist who did it, is a fantastic person. Uh, you know, he came back and made it clear. And it turned out that Uber was doing more of a, um, a fingerprinting uh, technique. So, you know, they, they gave some excuses saying it was about fraud detection. But uh, basically, they'd found a way to um, you know, figure out who you were after you uninstalled this app. Um, right. It was very, very disturbing. And what I found very so interesting disturbing. is the story didn't go after Uber at all this week and their extremely gross behavior. It, um, you know, Apple got dragged into it and it yep. un- Enroll Me got uh, dragged into it. So I just yeah, no, I I was think, really I think- astonished. No, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, at first there was, I think, people trying to figure out, like, how were they using UDID, which is unique device identifiers, um, to maybe track people's information. And and Apple, a couple of iOS versions ago, deprecated that ability and then eventually stopped allowing um, uh, app makers to even capture UDIDs. And and um, some listeners who are developers or, or have ever beta tested apps might be familiar with with that phrase because it used to be if you were beta testing an app, you would have to give your unique device identifier over to an app maker and they would kind of create a, a version for you that you could run. And that would be even back in the day, like way, way back, that, w- that was how you installed beta versions of iOS. Um, and, and then I think Apple realized, in, ret- in retrospect now, it seems like they probably realized that companies like Uber and maybe other people could be using it as as a tracking tool and so they 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 stopped allowing that to be used um and and i think after i a certain version of ios 9 it couldn't be used at all even after the apis were fully deprecated there were still some ways you could use it but now i think it's been fully kind of fixed but yeah you're right brie it's a great point in that apple was dragged into this um you know unroll me obviously was dragged into this but uber um wasn't and i wonder i would love you guys perspective i wonder if it was almost because at this point the public perception, and by public, I mean mainstream public. I don't even mean like people who listen to our show. I mean like everyone. My mom. I mean like <laughs> everyone hears Uber and they're like, oh yeah, they're gross. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder if at this point it's almost become accepted 
that Uber is doing gross things well, for and me, is, is I was, crossing lines. When I when I read this the piece in the Intercept, um, I went into it thinking, "Oh yeah, Uber did a garbage thing," and then it it felt like, I mean, th- this is this is still gross. This is unequivocally still gross. But they're taking advantage of infrastructures that they didn't build that existed without them. They're taking advantage of infrastructures that any company who wants intelligence intelligence on their competitors can take advantage of. So I was like, oh, yeah, same Uber, same gross Uber. But also these people who are actually like harvesting their customers' data and selling it via their um, the company that owns them. That to right. me is a a a, car, a bigger sin in the uh, feast of sins that we have before us. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. I do kind of wonder. I mean, like again, like I've always been curious. It's interesting. Slice Intelligence, who bought Unroll Me, you know, they often uh, put out reports that people write about about oh, this is how many devices were pre ordered, and this is how sales are going. And I've always been curious how do they get anybody to opt into their service? Because if it were me, I would never agree, you know, to let somebody scan my inbox and like see what stuff I've bought but it makes sense if they bought a service like unroll me um or unroll I guess is what it's called uh that they're getting that information you know what I'm saying like that it makes made me then wonder how many other things a slice purchased that have uh insights into this whereas because because it's I mean I think you're right it's one of those things where I think most people even people who might not be tech savvy are like kind of cognitive of the fact that like if I'm using a service that is selling reports about purchasing trends, they're going to track my inbox. But if you're not aware that that company owns this utility you use, you might not be like yeah, cognizantly like I, I aware that they're doing it. never heard of Slice Intelligence before. And I, I think a lot of the time we don't necessarily consider like, – like I think about – the company that has access to my data, like I know Facebook, for example, like has everything about me. I would even I would not think to look that one step further to who owns the company that is directly accessing me. And I, I talk a big game. I, I love how I went in the history of this show from like I, I remember specifically an episode, like one of our earlier episodes, being like, "I know millennials don't care about privacy because we're lazy," and I at the time didn't really care, and now I'm like <laughs> completely paranoid. To the point where actually, like, I, that uh, face app has been going around this week. People, like, taking pictures of themselves and seeing how they look, like, old, et cetera, et cetera. I see that. Yeah, and I'm like, face app, yeah. The robots, the machines are learning our faces and they will use my old <laughs> face to hack my bank account. Oh, my God. I, I think what, what really frustrated me about this story, Christina, is Mike Isaac is, he's probably in my top five favorite reporters at the Times. And his totally. Uber piece was, you know, this is why I subscribed to the Times, right? He interviewed over 50 people. It's slow reporting. They, I mean, you just, I mean, as someone who's worked as a reporter, I'm reading this and I'm just thinking about all the interviews he had to do to get this much information about it. And I, just on a professional level, it frustrates me that a piece that was so much about Uber's CEO got shunted over to things that had nothing to do with his thrust, which is Uber is a a really reckless, aggressive, abusive company that will cut Mm. a corner even when there is no reason to. Like with the the thing we're talking about with Enroll Me, you know, the the pretext that they put out by going through uh, TechCrunch, I have to say, is, oh, this is about detecting fraud. This is about detecting fraud. And if you buy that pretext, there are absolutely ways for um, an Apple developer to get you know information related to your device for legitimate things like fraud protection. Apple has built mm-hmm. those APIs, but they were going to measures like uh, sideloading parts of uh, Apple frameworks that they should not be touching. They put geofences. This is what blows my mind. They put geofences around Cupertino to detect Mm -hmm. if you're an Apple engineer looking at this app to stop all of this shady stuff from being loaded. And none of this is what was talked about this week. And I just think that's, I think it's BS. 
Well, I think I think part of it, if I'm if I'm being honest, I agree with you. It is BS, and, and we should have been focusing more on the Uber starts. I think there were the piece was great, and 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 Mike did did a fantastic job with it. And whatever you know, people might want to hammering about the language he used for how the tracking was working. I think that that's really getting upset about the wrong things. Um, I think it was a fantastic piece. It was obviously extremely well reported. Sometimes though, when you have such a big story. Um, this is a difficult thing with journalism. It's it's all about packaging, right? Is is that people are going to glom onto little details because th- that, those are the easier things to understand. And so people, you know, unroll me became John Gruber. You know, like like found that little tidbit and like posted about it. It made it to Hacker News. It suddenly kind of went crazy across the internet, and that became the conversation. the The UDID thing was part of it too, but some of these other more egregious things, just because the story was so full and had so many aspects to it. With the short attention spans, this is, I think, just more of an indictment of, of our society, of how we read things. This is in no way a critique of Mike Isaac, who wrote a fantastic piece. It makes it hard to get the the, the full impact of those things across when there's so many good things. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think that just comes down to packaging. But also, I think with like the, you know, the, the geofencing thing, some of those stories people, um, and again, notably, Mike Isaac had kind of reported, you know, they had these, these gray bald systems where they would kind of design versions of the app that wouldn't work in certain places so that if there were markets where they were concerned about regulators or, and people who, um, you know, didn't want to, they, they didn't want to see how well the app was working if they were in certain places, the app, you know, wouldn't work that right way. They had different builds. And so some of this stuff had kind of been reported, some of those transgressions, I think, had kind of been reported before. We didn't obviously see the full scope. And so I wonder, but I, but I think it just all comes down to packaging and, and where, you know, you, you see something that, that, that strikes out that's new and different and you get outraged about it. But I agree with mm. you. Um, we end up missing the point, which is this very powerful company that has raised a tremendous amount of money that is one of the most, that is, I think, uh, the most well-funded startup of all time, you know, that is very powerful, um, has been doing some very uncouth things. And rather than talking about that, we're talking about like, you know, this this gross email startup that like mm-hmm. got acquired. So, you know, and yeah, Christine, I'd fair. love your opinion on this. I, you know, all the reporting about Uber and the parts of the framework that are involved here, we're hearing this from uh, you know TechCrunch, who I assumed all their story was leaked from Uber, and we're here hearing sure. from security researchers with hypotheses that had tested right. older versions of this. And you're dead on about UDID being deprecated, um, and it, it seems like this is a kind of security hole that's been filled. But I do think it. The my takeaway from this is. Clearly, you know, the ability of advertisers to track people, you know, using Apple's ecosystem has clearly gone too far. And I am personally disappointed that Apple hasn't come forward, that they haven't been clearer about the security of their ecosystem. And I would really like to see them treat these things as more malicious, right? Because this is yeah. something that's harming users' privacy. And, you know, no, I think right. Apple's it, being responsible, but I think they could be more open with reassuring people about their, their security. I think they could too. I think it's a difficult situation for Apple because we don't know how long ago these conversations took place. You know, we don't know the specific times. We don't know if they were doing things, you know, when there's a lot of unknowns, you know, even in the story, like uh, as good as the reporting is, we don't exactly have a, a clear timeline, what they broke, what they didn't. And you could also understand the blowback for Apple if they were to remove an app that is as popular and is as used by as many people as, as Uber, you know, um, that, that, that would be a, a significant problem in and of itself. Um, could they be more transparent? I think absolutely. I think as we've covered on the show a lot, they are not the most transparent company. That's just not who they are. It would be great if they were. What's interesting to me, and I'm not trying to shift any of the 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 you know focus away from Apple because I, I think that they these, those questions deserve to be asked. But Android wasn't really mentioned, and to me, it would seem like if you were really trying to track people, Google hmm. doesn't really care. And especially for people who have rooted phones and other stuff, especially when you're talking about markets like China, where for a long time Uber was desperate to have. Um, a, a stake in. In fact, they had to capitulate to the Chinese market. In fact, uh, Didi Shuxing, uh, which I think is now known as it was at the time it was Didi Kuwaiti, and now it's known as Didi Shuxing. Apple made a one billion dollar investment in that company, and Didi um, 
ended up basically taking out Uber. It's the one market where Uber is lost. Like on in, in almost every other market, you know, Uber has been the dominant service. In China, the the ride sharing service Didi um, is far and away bigger. And in fact, uh, you know, about a year ago, uh, Uber and, and and Didi signed a deal where Didi gave them some money, and Uber basically agreed, okay, we'll kind of work together. And but they basically had to leave China with their with their tail between their legs, mm. and so. You know, and, and and it seemed like you know, based on on the the tech crunch reporting and some of the things in the Times reporting that that, that China was really kind of the the focus of this fraud prevention, which makes sense because they were offering massive incentives for Chinese drivers to sign people up because they were fighting against this better capitalized rival. Whereas in most other markets, Uber has been the best capitalized rival. So they have, you know, they, they've maybe had, you know, they've gone against Lyft and or, or other places and, and made better offers, but they haven't had a competitor outside of China who has had more money and has been able to, and to, to galvanize more drivers. And so, you know, but 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 you look at you know so so that I think that where they were using some of this 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 tracking stuff was was really focused on China, and obviously iOS is is going to be you know a big target because that's people who use iOS just anecdotally have more money and 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 whatnot. But I were I wonder about the Android situation because especially in China, most Android phones aren't running Google services, which means they're not necessarily going to be following uh, certain protocols and people are using, you know, rooted phones and, and, and or third party app stores. And so I, I do wonder, like, even in the United States or other places, like, what are they doing on these other platforms? Like, obviously, we mm. focus a lot on iOS because that's, you know, Apple is the biggest company in the world. But I, I question it wasn't even mentioned in the reporting. And but I, I have to immediately go not to like like not to absolve Apple of anything, but I have to say, were they doing this on Android devices? And how much easier would it be on an Android device than it is on an iPhone to to continue to I track mean, people? We know the answer. We know the answer. I mean, it's it's simply a fact that a lot of these sandboxing protections and you know the careful uh, safeguarding of frameworks it just simply doesn't exist on Google. I mean, and the culture is. You know, they have no issues uh, with a lot of this kind of tracking. Um, so I think, like, I think, like, it's almost like the low expectations on Android uh, really, you know, kept them out of this news story. Hoo-wee. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. Text Expander for Teams is a productivity yeah. multiplier. You get a shared knowledge base to ensure that your team communicates quickly and accurately and consistently. And with Text Expander, all of your team's common replies can be worded by your best writers. Imagine, best writer, seeing your replies become the company's standard. What an honor, what a joy. All these replies are immediately accessible and searchable through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. The response they need will be just a couple keys away. And any changes you need to make are updated seamlessly in the background. Seamlessly. And in the background. That's the most convenient way to do anything! What's great about Text Expander is that it's available on the platforms that your team is on. That means all of them. Mac? iOS, and now Windows. Did you know, friends, there's an important anniversary coming up? Would you like to know what it is? Tell us. Tell us. You would like to know what it is. It is Text Expander's first anniversary. Actually, just as April is their first anniversary, so maybe it has already come to pass. (laughs) Text Expander is a year old. In that time, Text Expander has added team statistics, group notes, public groups, monthly activity reports, the Windows app, the all-important Windows app, tons of client software updates, and much, much more. We would like to extend our congratulations to Smile and Text Expander for hitting this milestone. We wish them every success in the coming years to come. Thank you. You can support them by going to textexpander.com slash rocket. That's textexpander.com slash rocket. 
You sound like Hal. It's amazing. I don't know what I sound like. <laughs> Simone, is there going to be a day where you just say, F it, I want to be a millionaire, and mm-hmm. you just, like, start doing, <laughs> like, like, you were destined to be a flow, like, from Geico. So it's going to be called Simone TV, like, and it's yeah. just going to be 24-7 Simone programming TV, of yeah. somebody had handing me some ad copy. And me letting the spirit of Christ speak through me, um, which is, as you know, what I do every week on this show. Every single week. One hour of ecstasy with Simone de Rochefort. So, Amazon is releasing a new Echo device. Speaking of creepy, although I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. We'll absolutely get into that. So this is called the Echo Look, and its big, new, fancy, wonderful feature is that it has a depth-sensing camera, so you can use it to take photos and videos of yourself. Uh, And the camera is actually really cool technically. Like, it has LEDs built in, and it blurs the background behind you so that you kind of look, you you stand out from your your garbage space. Um, And then a Another component of that it, that it has is that it has a free service called Style Check that uses machine learning and advice from quote unquote fashion specialists to like compare your outfits and critique them and say which one you look better in. So speaking of the machines learning everything about you and like getting into your home and looking at you and violating your privacy, uh, this creeps me out. But you're into it, Christina. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I, I like. I've, I've just talked about how terrible like all of these privacy violating things are, and yet I'm saying I want to have a connected camera from Amazon in my house to sell me clothes. Um, I'm. I'm nothing if not you a walking contradiction. You are a meme. Is what you are. I am a meme. Well, no. Okay. So this thing, I have to say, when I got the email from Amazon this morning, part of me wanted to think this was a joke. Um, but Amazon doesn't joke about this stuff. Like they are the same company that released the, the dash button on March 31st. And we all thought that it was an April Fool's joke. I remember actually getting on the phone with an Amazon person and and making them confirm to me, like, on the record. I was like, no, I need to be able to use your name. I was like, no, tell me this is not an April Fool's joke. No, no, it's it's for real. I was like, no, seriously, I need you to give me your name. Like, I need you, like, on the record. And you know, it was one of those things. I was like, this is not a real product. And it was. Um, and, and then this, you know, the Echo Look is is a real product. Um, and and obviously privacy people are kind of up in arms because it's it's a connected camera, not d- dissimilar from the Nest or like the, the nanny cams, which as people have pointed out are frequently hacked. But the idea, as you said, is that it has this depth sensing camera. It can take, um, you know, a photo or video of you. You say like, Alexa, take a photo. It takes a photo of you. And you can then add that to a lookbook. So you can have a collection of your clothes um, and your styles, or you can, you know, uh, text them to your friends. Um, I'm absolutely positive that people will be using this camera to sext one another, um, yeah. which is, I'm sure, not what Amazon has intended, but you know it's going to happen. Even though all these photos are stored on their servers indefinitely, um, that hasn't stopped Snapchat. People from storing stuff on Snapchat, that won't stop them from using this. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's a ridiculous... Um, idea but i kind of love it so i don't know about you simone um you might be better at adulting than i am but in my small brooklyn apartment i don't have room for a full-length mirror that's a shame <laughs> do you do you have a full oh, length yeah. mirror? oh yeah i have a full length okay mirror. well good for you because i don't and so i looked at this and i was like i would actually really like to be able to like get a photo of like what i look like and mm-hmm. and use it on my phone and um Obviously, Amazon's whole goal in this is that they're going to capture what you're wearing in certain styles and be able to then like market to you. Oh, hey, you you prefer these types of jeans or these types of shirts? Wouldn't you like these things? I mean, I noticed you wear only H and M. They're having a sale Ex- today. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's one step away from the Minority Report future. Hello, Mr. Chang. How are you enjoying those T-shirts from the Gap? Like it's like <laughs> one step away from that. Um, but I kind of love it. Um, it's definitely it, it's like better than, I mean, even as a person with full length mirror privilege, taking a photo of yourself is like, you always end up with five because you get bad angles and then yes. you're turning every which way and then your arm is in the way and then the camera and, and then the, the camera's the in the way, the camera's focused. Exactly. Like you, you got, you, you're obscured in your face. You don't get the whole thing. Yeah. No, Plus I, it I just frequently... ruins your nudes because sometimes you need two arms for those precisely exactly and 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 sometimes you want to be able to like sit, like for me like nudes i don't send nudes to my mom and my sister um i want to make uh, that clear sure you don't I, 
I, I, I don't. I do not. But I do. <laughs> sure, um, but, 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 but I don't. But, but, um, I mean, I send. You know, no, I don't send news. But I, um, <laughs> um, I, um, what was I gonna say? But like, I do take photos of myself, like to get outfit opinions, and I'll send them to, mm-hmm. to friends, my sister, my mom, some of my friends, and. And that can be, a, a, a like you said, like a, a frustrating experience. So I kind of dig that aspect. And then there's this this AI part, which is funny to me, where I guess they basically, you know, like A-B test, you know, the outfits and like have some of their professionals, like, I don't know if it's Mechanical Turk. I don't know if it's if it really is style experts, what it is. But people looking at them being like, yay to this, nay to that. Um, I don't know. The whole th- this whole product is ridiculous, but I love it. It's creepy. I'm not just. I'm, I'm not saying that I, it's not a weird dystopian future. What I love it. Sorry, I, I think it's an interesting idea. I I question the efficacy of it. That's what <laughs> sure, really uh, very gets fair, me very more fair. than the privacy. I mean, you know, I I can see this being useful for guys. Like, no, please don't leave the house with like plaid <laughs> plaid shirt and like striped bottom. I, I could see that, but like fashion is such, um, you know, it's more complicated than just color. Yeah. It's like what looks good on different body types. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so subjective. And that is like, I was thinking today of a harder AI problem than fashion. And like NLP is a little harder, but this is this is really up there. Yeah. And I just I I can't see how it would be. I think the people that are going to be interested in this are going to need a level of sophistication that this just is not going to be able to provide. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think though, I mean, what they're smart doing about this, I will say a couple things. One I think I like, even if this is creepy on some levels, I like that this is a gadget that is very clearly aimed at women because we don't see enough of that. And I mean, obviously men can take advantage of this too. I'm not trying to say that they couldn't, but you know, this is very much for the outfit of the day, you know, a hashtag OOTD, you know, Instagram users and people like that. And, and Amazon has been making really big pushes into fashion. Um, and, and they, you know, they have really good, um, recognition technology like even if you remember the fire phone which was a disaster mm-hmm. they had this technology called fire what it was but they had this technology called firefly that could like that again use depth sensing cameras and stuff like that to be able to like recognize objects and so they've had this sort of ai technology i think for a while and so i think they might be able to identify certain types of things beyond color we'll have to see how well it works and then maybe then you know take that to you know, a, a style, like a personal level where people give you a yay or nay on certain things. How effective it is, I mean, I think you're right. Like that, that is obviously going to um, uh, vary. Um, but I, I like what they're trying to do with this. And I think, e- and I think even, I think even if the, the, the style part of, of how accurate it is telling you you look good or bad doesn't work, I think for a lot of people, having the ability to kind of use a camera that a lot of people already have these types of cameras in their home to do something, at least to me, to my mind, more useful than like, like I wish that my nest cam could do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I think, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, and I think it's smart that it has all the other echo functionality things built in. So you can, you know, listen to the radio, listen to Spotify, you know, listen to your news, uh, control your smart home stuff. I don't know. I, I, I totally understand everybody being like, this is our dystopian black mirror future. You're not wrong. I'm, but I'm here. For, but I look at it and I'm like, this is the clueless closet where, where, where you know, Cher picks out her outfit and tells her that it's a mismatch. <laughs> this is getting I, us one step closer to that, which just makes my life. I kind of feel about it the way that I, I felt about our, our first topic, which is that, you know, it's just one more thing. <laughs> if this is your thing that you like, that's fine. There's going to be another thing that's like creepy and dystopian that comes along tomorrow. And then you can not like that thing and like this. Totally. Thing. So, you, well, know you know what? what? Do you do what you want? Well, like you know I said I earlier, like, you make your you make your choices. You you choose what to prioritize, and that well, and what is I pr- a totally non judgmental statement. I, I want to hear Bree's thoughts, but what I appreciate about this is that it's not like this is Amazon, so it's not like they're making any qualms about not selling you stuff. They make it very clear in the, in the value <laughs> prop that they're going to be trying to sell you sells you stuff. They, they're, they're making it very clear in the value prop that they're going to be, if you use their lookbook app feature, they're going to be like giving you information about other stuff. Like they make it very clear how they're going to be using your information. So I appreciate that level of honesty, at least. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I, I'm, I'm not saying that, that you can't be freaked out, but I appreciate that. 
No, I mean, and I, I hadn't even thought about that. Like, this is very clearly a gadget, uh, a way into the Amazon ecosystem that's aimed at women. Uh, you know, Amazon has been making a really big push for fashion on their store lately. You know, like when winter coat season rolls around, like I get, I'm inundated with videos of different people on the homepage, like wearing that, you know, the same thing with dresses. So I, I, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I, I think like, Amazon already has such a creepy amount of information about you if you're using Alexa already that this just doesn't seem any different. So, yeah, it's I think it's like you said, if you're into this, like, awesome. So, our, our final topic of the day is the extremely exciting, for me, because I missed it last week, ongoing Juicero saga. Or Juicero? Juicero. It's Juicero. Juicero, Juicero. I... I was so sad last week when I was reading these stories and knowing that I wasn't coming on Rocket and I could not talk about it. But fortunately, the gift has kept on giving oh, in it the has, case. It has, it's it a two-week story now. Oh, yeah. Bless it. Uh, so I think the, the thing that happened after we recorded last week was the update from Juicero's CEO. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that that is correct. They begged people as written up uh, by Libby Watson on Gizmodo, do not squeeze the juice bags because their dream was for every American, uh, Amer- an America where no child goes hungry for cold-pressed juice from a bag, <laughs> where no parent ever has to make a choice between washing a blender and giving their child perfectly calibrated nutrients. So they released, basically, they, they posted saying, please don't squeeze the bags because, squeeze the bags because, the, because the, it'll be better for the, the nutrients. Machine. And then they released a video along with that um, of a person not squeezing the bag as no, the reporters did, but literally cutting it, it open and pulling <gasps> out like the pulp and the the like sprinklings of juice like with with her bare hands and sque- which is not what happened no. in any of the reporting. No, it's not. But she's she, I mean, they're just showing what's inside the bags, which we talked about this uh, last week, Brie, and we were trying to kind of figure out what this process was. It is. It's basically like a bunch of cut up like fruit and vegetables. There it is. Shoved in. And now you actually get to see the grossness on the inside, the the the, the, the pulp and the, the mulch and stuff. It, Libby's I story, feel like it really proved my point. I mean, that's really exactly did. what it is. Yeah, I was so excited because because uh, the Juicero CEO wrote his response right after we did our podcast, and then Libby wrote this amazing post for Gizmodo, um, which was just it went viral in a way that I don't think any of us were, <laughs> any of us were expecting, and and it was so good um, and so funny. Uh, she 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 refers to him as Mister Juicy Juice a number of times, which is great. Um, uh, but yeah, it was. Um, you know, but they're basically like, oh, no, you, you, you really need to to use the press to get the perfect juice. Um, uh, but the, what was the funny- best combination of taste and nutrition. Yes, because nutrition obviously is somehow aided by how it comes out. Of course. And, 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 and we'd assumed, Libby had assumed at first, and I think I had too, that, you know, you, you had to snip the bottom of the bag to squeeze the juice out. But no, um, uh, Olivia Zaleski, who was one of the Bloomberg reporters who squeezed the juice, squeeze the juice bags she 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 contacted libby after the story went up and she said um they didn't snip a hole at the end of the bag as your article says but simply applied light pressure to the bag and the juice poured out i know it's hard to imagine that there's more to this situation than a light squeeze olivia added the juice it seems is somehow even easier to squeeze than we previously imagined so these bags which people have made so many memes about looking like blood bags looking like other things um like has a hole on the bottom of it already you don't even have to snip it. Um, it's there was amazing. also a, there there was also a bolt uh, on Medium had a great uh, teardown this week um, of uh, of the Juicero. Um, oh my god, that was oh amazing! The engineering teardown of it. Okay, I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna send this to you. I'm googling. Or I'll I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bolt Bolt IO uh, had a yes, fantastic. Got it. Ben, ben Einstein, who's a product designer, he did a fantastic teardown. I'm gonna hear your thoughts for you. You talk about it, but he did this amazing teardown of the device. And talked about how incredibly over-engineered it was. And his theory is that if they'd raised less money, if they hadn't raised close to $100 million, because they raised like $78 million or something like that, if they'd raised, say, $10 million, they wouldn't have 
engineered it the way that it was so clearly over-engineered. There's all kinds of custom mold injections, special types of plastic, special parts. You know, this thing was really beautifully designed, but at the point where, like, that's why it's $400, because they, or it was originally $700, because they literally, like, used all their money. We have this money, we might as well make this this ridiculous, you know, thing that would make Johnny Ive weep, and it's like, okay, you're trying to sell, as we were talking about last week, you're trying to sell, like, it's a razor blade model. You're trying to sell the juice packets. You don't need the juicer to be super expensive. Brie, Brie what are your thoughts as as somebody who, you know, is, is more engineering-minded than me? What did you think of this teardown? I thought it was like, um, you know, there's looking into a lawnmower engine, and then there's looking into, like, a Ferrari engine. <laughs> and that's what I thought I was looking at, because, like, it's custom-molded, individual gears in it that are like machined out. And the really interesting part of this from like an engineering perspective is there are so many ways they could have created this where um, it would like create some pressure at one point for a second, but instead it's creating this uniform pressure across the entire bag. And I mean, I looked it apart. I just, I thought it was utterly gorgeous. Yeah, um, same. Now, I I did, not on a juicero, but I did spend $400 this week on a juicer. Um, and I love I it. Have Tell some us. Real, I have some real thoughts on this now that I've used an actual juicer. Oh, my rather gosh. Rather than this video. So, because, like, I keep seeing it. Like, come on. Like, don't touch me, Simone. I'm turning on Twitter. Everyone's talking about delicious juice. <laughs> like, I'm trying to read the news. It's like juice. And it's like, I, I can't buy Juicero. So I went and bought like a real, like I went to Sweet Home and I bought the top of the line juicer. And you were like, I need really, to know what the premium juice is like. I really, I need to, I need the juice. I need the juice. She um, needs the juice. <laughs> so Tell us about it's it. It's really, it's really interesting. There are all these different uh, technologies uh, for juicing. Like the cheap kind is a, a centrifugal juicer that will just get it and like spin it around to the point that all the liquid flies out. Um, the one I got is a double auger juicer that's basically a big screw. So you can just like toss a lemon in there and then <laughs> the pulp shoots out the end and then uh, you get all the juice out of it. But like the thing with the bags, I said this last week and now after having used a real juicer, I think like the critique of Juicero is really unfounded because like the, the thing you're making fun of, uh, Simone, of like going through the bag with all the pulp and stuff, like that's what the juicer like spits out. Like I mean, I know that that's what comes rinds. out when you squeeze a fruit. Like you can throw kale in there and like kale residue will just like, I'm making be fun of the fact that, that rather yeah. than demonstrating what the reporters did to get the juice out, they decided let's pull out all this pulp, which duh, of course it's freaking pulp in a bag. God, we didn't think mm -hmm. it was anything else. Juicero. But it does need to be pressed uh, because yeah. the thing is, like you said, use a blender at the beginning of this. I tried that and it's just like a bunch of uh, fiber and gunk and you, I mean, you can drink it, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. The whole idea of the juicer is it's turning into something that's really pleasant and fun to drink. Here's my hot take on that. I think it's dumb. <laughs> Maybe it's because I am a child of frugality, as we established previously. I I've had like blended fruit smoothies from a blender. I don't under I don't think I just don't care to buy an expensive device that will magically make juice for me. I think that that's a ridiculous excess. You of course can afford that because you're awesome and you make money and you can spend it how you want. I think it's just so silly to make a $400 device and like talk about it as if it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we all need to buy the, we need to get the fresh, freshest, freshest juice to go in our extremely expensive juicer that I can't fit in my New York kitchen that I can't afford on my good uh, video producer salary. I think it's, it's the most ridiculous excessive product I've ever heard of. No, I'm 1000% in agreement with you. Um, I think I we would just eat lost that fruit pulp. The fruit that the pulp that comes out of the juicer. Okay. I would eat that. That's how Fun much fact. I feel about this. Fun like fact. Pulp. They have a they have a whole section, Simone, on the website about things you can do with the pulp. <gasps> 
Oh my god. Okay, this changes they have a everything. Whole, they, what can I do with they, the pulp? They have can a whole. I put they it on they my have skin? a whole. They have a whole stack about like things you can do with the pulp. It's kind of nuts. Juice I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. I mean, I I'm so in agreement with you. Like, and the thing is, I try to not to judge like how people spend their money because there was there was a story that's unrelated to tech, but there was a story this week where Nordstrom was selling some like four hundred dollar jeans that are like oh, pre distressed and have the mud jeans. And people were going crazy about them. And like, here's the thing. I'm not proud of this. I'm you also want not them, unproud of this. It's not that I wanted them. It's not that I wanted them. I've spent in my lifetime, like many years ago, and and I mean, my the average amount I spent on a pair of jeans, I would say, is about two hundred dollars. And 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 but I've spent I remember buying a pair of diesel jeans when I was 17 years old. So people who know my age, you can do the math and see how long ago that was. That were about four hundred and twenty-five dollars. And they were distressed and they had dirt on them and they were it was they were amazing. They're my favorite pants I've probably ever bought in my entire life. They were linen, they were fantastic. And I loved those pants. I loved them and I was I was happy that I spent like all my best buy money like on them. Like I loved those pants. And and I'm not gonna judge anybody who wants to buy clothing items like that. And the same way I don't want to judge anybody who spends four hundred dollars on a juicer. Like I don't want to judge that. What's funny to me though is just that juicero has been so ridiculously over-engineered. Like, I'm not even judging the price of the stupid packets of the juice because they're fresh and apparently they have the nutrients. And as you were saying, Brie, like, you don't want to have to use a blender and use all this other stuff. Like, I totally get that. I, I'm not in any way judging that. It's just, to me, the hilarious part is that the 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 press part is so useless. Like, it's so over-engineered. Like, to me, that's the funny part. Yeah, like, I want to emphasize, I don't give a gosh darn what you do with your money, what's juicers or pants or uh, beautiful living room furniture that you purchase with your money. I'm. You can look at my bank account and see all kinds of uh, things that I have done. But, like, the way, like, this to me emphasize this whole story emphasizes the worst parts of VC culture and consumerism and yes i'm speaking from my high horse down here of i don't spend money so i'm enlightened but it it, it's it's been the bright point of my freaking week is laughing at this juice company (laughs) well i think for me like uh part of it is like i've been on the campaign trail so much and it's you want that fast juice you want that juice to come quick and clean and delicious I I literally feel better when I eat healthier. And, you know, like there are juice mixtures you can have. They're just pure sugar. Those are the ones Frank likes. Like I like um, green juice. I like it quite a bit. And I just wanted the ability to make that because my job is exhausting right now. I appreciate Um, that. The reason reason I wouldn't get a, a Juicero is... Because it's really locking you into an ecosystem. Like Mm -hmm. Blue Apron advertises on our show. And that is an excellent deal for buying food every single week. Like I get that. What kind of offends me about the Juicero is it's it's terrible for the environment. It doesn't have a good shelf life. Like they're throwing giving you all this stuff that's just gonna get thrown away. It's a poor value. I mean, if you are serious about cooking, I can justify buying an expensive gadget for my kitchen. I just, I think that the Juicero is, it's, it's, it's what you expect like a Beverly Hills, like, you know, (laughs) stay at home mom to have. I just don't get it. Speaking of Ivanka Trump. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is the the cherry on the Sunday of Juicero. Uh, Oh, it is. Clever Twitter users found that in March of 2016, she tweeted about the awesomeness of Juicero, uh, which happened to be, yeah, because uh, her brother-in-law invested in Juicero Uh in March 2016. Yep, totally. Um, I'd also like to point out, I, I can't find, I, I think there were some tweets. There was definitely a mention in a fashion magazine, but said brother-in-law's girlfriend is uh, is one of our perennial favorites. We've discussed yep. her on the show before, Carly Kloss. Carly Kloss has mentioned Juicero in interviews about like her favorite things. Carly. Carly. I know. I know. She has. I We we just, uh, so I, I had known that Carly Kloss was dating some older guy for a long time because I've looked it up before because, like, of like course, I wanted years. her to be single. Five years. And it did not, I, I, I like had read his name and everything 
And then last week or something, I was we were t- Christina and I were texting about Carly Kloss, and I was checking up on this, and that was when <laughs> I realized that he was a freaking Kushner. And I was uh-huh. like, "What? <laughs> he's the cute one. He is. I, be, I, yeah, he is. He's very cute. cute. He's. I mean, I mean, which makes sense. Jared Kushner kind of looks like what did I say he looked like? He looks evil, but he's not bad looking. Well, he's losing his hair, whereas whereas the younger brother still has his hair and is very good looking which makes sense oh, because because God. because because oh, he, he is uh, i'm dropping a picture Josh- of him in our show notes so that the people can see that he looks like a model he's very cute i mean which but well that's why like our favorite model is his longtime girlfriend <laughs> turns out oh yeah wow oh my god jared is nothing compared to josh Thank you. Oh I, my I, I've, God. I've, 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 I've been trying, I've been pitching Jezebel and other people like the story about the fact that like we should like do a profile on the hot brother. Yeah. Holy crap. Okay. Um. Anyway, before I go on fetishizing the brother-in-law of our like whatever in chief, uh, what are you up to this week, Christina? Um. So I just finished doing a big piece on VR filmmaking, um, especially as it pertains to uh, the Tribeca Film Festival, which is still happening. So if you're in New York, uh, you can check out some of the VR stuff at the Tribeca uh, uh, Virtual Arcade. Um, so uh, please read that because I was really proud of it. It was a really good story kind of about the, the current state of VR filmmaking and, and what's happening with that. Um, I'm going to be going to see The Circle tomorrow um, for a, a critic screening. I'm also at Tribeca, so I'll be having a review of that to nice. kind of... The Circle? Is the it circle. based on the book? It is. And it stars Emma Watson and Tom Hanks and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and Pat Oswalt. So it's supposed to be really good. So uh, or I don't know if it's supposed to be really good or not. I, I, I will find out because I'll be writing a review of it that will be up uh, by the end of this week on Gizmodo.com. Wow, that book is extraordinary. I listened to that while yeah, I, I was on book. vacation, and I just like I'm at Disney, and I'm just like, hold on, I gotta like finish reading this book. It's so good. Oh my god! I, know, I hadn't heard of it before I saw the movie ad, so I'm gonna look that up. But before we move on, uh, yeah. Simone, I just want to say, like, Christina, that piece is so good. You should be so proud of it, and. Everybody out there, like, you know, click on the show notes and read that piece. It is it is really well done. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I I um I kind of in addition to talking about some of the, the VR things at um at Tribeca, I kind of tried to do a, a bigger overview of what's happening with um VR filmmaking in general. And originally my genesis was to go in and kind of figure out it has it is it more than just a gimmick? And I feel confident saying right now that the the filmmaking that we saw a couple of years ago and even last year that was mostly all about commercial projects and 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 over you know advertisements and maybe branded experiences i feel like we're finally now starting to see some really interesting narrative uses for vr and that's really exciting i think uh, regardless great. of what happens with the tech it's really great it is but it's also worth saying like vr investment uh from vr uh, you know vc sources was dramatically down this quarter and very correctly you know um i don't know anyone in the game space that's making money on vr in uh you know on playstation or oculus or or vive and um yeah i think it's um i think it's um i'm glad to see films succeeding in the space Mm -hmm. yeah brianna what are you up to I am running for Congress, Simone. I am running for Congress. Hey. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. It's a lot of fun. I you should do it. It sounds fun. Sounds so you'd much a, fun. You'd be a good Congresswoman, Simone. You'd I, be really, really you good. You did at not. That. Uh, so I did a stream today. We played Puyo Puyo Tetris, and <gasps> um, which was great. Yes, it was great. It was really fun. Oh my god! But uh, if you want to know what, like, if I sound completely unhinged in my ad reads you should listen to me playing puyo puyo tetris for an hour because i i had like completely lost control of my body and my mouth and my mind uh it was (laughs) my coworkers turned to me after and they were like are you okay i was like yeah this was a fun competitive game i had a great time um there are a lot of obscenities um gendered slurs particularly uh, blasphemes, lots of blasphemies that take place uh, from my mouth in that stream. I would like to apologize for them. They are all directed at myself, from myself, uh, with love, from me. 
So I have to ask you what um, you used to have to, because I'm a huge Puyo Puyo uh, fan. Like I um, got a gen uh, my GameCube out, and like I'm rebuying all the parts just to be able to play uh, Puyo Pop Fever. Where is that located in the American ecosystem? Because you used to have to import that from Japan. Puyo Pop Fever. Wait, the like Puyo Puyo Tetris in general. Uh, Puya Puya Tetris is a it's an expansion of Puya Pop, uh, which is an expansion on Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. But yeah, like where is this game? Is it, it on is the PS4? on the Nintendo it's Switch, on... and it came out yesterday. Oh, oh my god! So there, that's and, worth buying a Switch for. Then it's thirty freaking dollars for freaking Tetris. Oh my god! But, you know, thirty dollars for Tetris. They I have mean, to make. But money. is it? But but is it good Tetris? It is yeah. good Tetris. I mean, oh if god. it's good Tetris, then like it's worth it. This is true. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't pay that much for Tetris. But as we've just discussed, I don't spend money except on living room furniture that I can control myself around. Um, no, what was I going to say? Uh, everyone at my work. I mean, we, we've talked. We've had mixed feelings about the Switch on this show. I guess trending negative, I would say. And obviously, I don't feel like Nintendo is crying tears because we've said mean things about the Switch. But I feel like I should reiterate, like, most of my coworkers have them and love them. Um, I'm kind of one of the only holdouts there. So I want one. If you must I buy one. a Switch for Puyo Puyo Tetris, um, go on and do it. I it, it probably won't kill you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buy a Switch eventually. Like yeah. I just got a um, I got a rather uh, large check from a speaking engagement I did, and um, you know, like I'm I'm going to do it. It's just. I looked at the list of games uh, yeah. that's out for it. It's still, there's just not a case there for it. I mean, I don't want to play Breath of the Wild that badly. Honestly, I'd rather play Puya Pop Tetris than <laughs> Zelda. So that is very compelling. It was it was a lot, Brie. Like, you think your your relationship with your husband gets gets tense over Nerf Wars? Uh, this will This will do things to you. Amazing. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds yeah that's great. my promise to you. That's my buyer's uh, guarantee. Uh, before we close the show, yeah. can I ask, how, how are you doing at Persona? Are you are you playing that Brie, yet? I haven't even started still. Oh my god, I'm in the fifth dungeon. You've oh, got to oh, you gotta do it. You I absolutely do it. suck. It's it's the Overwatch that's getting me and then the writing that's getting me. So I prom- once I get back from Texas, where I'm going so soon, just mere hours from now. <laughs> I will start personally. I'm going to take you at your word. I will take I, you at your word. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Um, <laughs> so where can we find you online, Brianna Wu? Uh, you can find me on Twitter under Space Cat Gal. <laughs> nice place. Christina? You can find my writing at gizmodo.com, and you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, etc. at film underscore girl. Heck yes. You can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Polygon, where my face is. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. We hope you liked it and you super duper appreciated it and that you show your appreciation by leaving us a review on the iTunes machine. Have a great week. This episode is terminated. 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 Terminated.